Welcome to Radiologist, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, where we discuss the most interesting topics through the lens of Canada's largest medical imaging department. I'm your host, Satish Krishna, and today I'm joined in my studio by Doug Hussey, a pet CT technologist who has been working at the Princess Margaret Cancer Center in the Joint Department of Medical Imaging, JDMI, for 14 years. The challenges and rewards of being a PET CT technologist, how they support the patients at their most vulnerable times, how to build a trusting relationship with them to make the hospital experience smoother, images better, all of this and more is the topic of our conversation today. Doug, it's great to have you in our studio today. Hi, Satij. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure, Doug. So, medical imaging and PET-CT has rapidly expanded in the last decade. The need for imaging is constantly growing, and as we are seeing in the news, the backlog of imaging is at all-time high. So, I assume that you're one of the most in-demand person right now in the world. Definitely. There's a huge demand across all the province for all types of imaging technologists. All hospitals are dealing with wait lists. So yes, currently we are in demand. And technologist of PET-CT. Honestly, that sounds like one of the coolest jobs in the world, or at least in healthcare. So how does one get to be as cool as you? Or how does one become an imaging technologist? So currently in Ontario, there are a couple of imaging programs. Essentially, there's a combination of university science programs and specific in-hospital training. We're lucky enough to have the Michener Institute right behind us. So either graduates from the university or people coming in after high school can apply there to pick their program of choice, which includes imaging. People can pick the type of imaging they're interested in, and at the end of their completion, they have both a university degree and a proper registration to be an imaging technologist in Ontario. This is so interesting. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people are even aware of this career choice, right? How did you come to know about it? Was uh, imaging technology, was it always your first choice when choosing a profession? Actually, I remember that day very well. I was in my third year of university, and we had a lecture in chemistry from a professor that worked at a few of the Ontario hospitals. He talked about radioactive tracers and how they are made, which was completely outside of my field, but got me interested in the topic. So I looked into nuclear medicine technology, and I thought it was a good combination of science and biology, the subjects that I enjoyed, plus the interaction with patients and social skills. Knowing I was about to graduate and trying to figure out where I might land, that's when I started looking into the Michener program and decided that would be a good point of both things that I enjoyed to move forward with. And you haven't looked back. Well, uh, they say that certain professions, they fit certain personalities, right? Do you think that being an imaging technologist is for everyone? Or uh, what kind of people do you think would enjoy being an imaging technologist? I think people that get into the field have a keen interest in technology, as well as some of the other sciences like biology and physics. But I think the most important thing is they want to be around people and care for people. It's a combination of technology and patient care, so you need both. For me, everyone in my family has been in patient care occupations, so it was a big driver to stay in this profession and try to help people when they need it the most. My sister is a physician, 
She's married to a physician. My other sister began as a teacher and then went into social work. My wife is also into social work. So I think our parents made sure we were aware that helping people is a good thing to be part of. Being at the front line of patient care, that's an amazing way to help people. But what knowledge or skills are needed to excel in your role? And in addition, how important are social skills for your profession? So knowing human anatomy and physiology is key. Some imaging technologists rely on it more than others, but you want to have a strong understanding of that and biology as well. If you happen to be more on the camera side of things, then you will need a good physics background. Everyone needs to have a moderate understanding of all of those things. But you're right. You definitely need to work on your social and communication skills, which sounds easy, but it's a big part of our job. Communication skills and technology skills are sometimes two opposite things that people enjoy, but they definitely have to come together to be a good technologist. And social skills is not something they can teach you at school. They can try to simulate it as much as they can, but there's nothing better than real life experience. Oh yeah, that's totally true. It's also one thing to have a good social and communication skills in normal life, but it's completely different on another level when dealing with sick patients. For example, at Princess Margaret Cancer Center, you take care of patients, many of whom are going through extremely difficult journeys. So how do you go about building the relationship of trust with them? Yes, Princess Margaret is an oncology hospital, so 90% of our work is with cancer patients. From our side, having patients trust, trust us makes them more relaxed, which makes for a better experience for them in the department. It also helps image quality, which is often affected if someone is more anxious and tense. It's a two-way street. It, help, it helps the exam go more smoothly. It also helps their exams get done more accurately. On our side, it's important to understand what they're going through, explaining everything to them and getting them into the trusted environment for both our sakes. Most of these patients are in the hospital or at least in the PET CT suite for the very first time, right? And they're usually extremely anxious or nervous. So, how exactly do you get them to relax and be more comfortable? Everybody reacts differently to the hospital experience. And because you are sick, your reaction to these things can be exasperated. Something that is completely non-excitable in a regular scenario can be excitable in a healthcare environment, right? So, you have to use your experience to understand that and make them as comfortable as they can be. You have to be able to relate to everybody differently. So, some people might enjoy a joke other people might enjoy you working slowly. Other people might want you to get it done as quickly as you can. And you get to know who is in each of these categories, and you apply those techniques to those people individually. You realize that everybody is different. We do scans of young patients, elderly patients, patients with caregivers, patients who struggle with language and mobility issues. So one of the skills you learn is flexibility, to be able to do these exams the same way, but differently for each person. And so that takes a lot of empathy and patience. And each time you meet someone new, you have to be prepared to do something different that will give them a better experience. I find one of the biggest things that really helped them get through a scan is to understand what is going to happen in that short period of time. You really need to like start from the beginning. You need to show them that you're going to walk through with them. So that you're going to guide them if they're not sure about something. Some of our procedures are quite complicated and totally new to them. So if you explain what you're going to do and tell them the length of time for each step, that really helps. Doc, that's really wonderful that you put in the time and the effort to make the patients feel more at ease. 
but that takes a lot of time. Are your managers happy with that? And how do you make sure that you stay on schedule while providing an individual approach to everyone? This is a very difficult question and a day-to-day challenge. You treat each person individually and they shouldn't be worried about how many people you have to scan that day. We are trying to make the most scans available to the most people, but you separate that when it comes to the patient in front of you. You strive to make that exam the best it can be, so that makes them at ease. That is part of working at a big teaching hospital. You scan a lot of patients, but that's also a rewarding part. Because you scan a lot of patients, you're helping a lot of patients. You get to help and take care of all these patients, and you also empathize with them. Empathy, especially in healthcare, is very important because it gives patients a sense of safety knowing that you understand what they're going through. You know, at a cancer hospital, it's hard not to have empathy for patients. We see a lot of patients that have a difficult journey ahead of them. We see them at different times of their journey. I think your experience shows you that you know what they're going through and what they have gone through. So that translates into your work. I think that's an important part of being a healthcare worker. Also, being a frontline worker, you understand that it's common for patients to be dissatisfied, especially when they are sick and requiring care. You know that it might not be a problem, but they perceive it to be a problem. could be around scheduling or communication with staff, etc. The way we approach is to deal with it head-on, so we don't defer it. We listen to what they say. Typically, we can resolve it with one conversation, and then we can get on to the business at hand, which is providing them the scan that they need. And very few things escalates to other people. Escalates to other people such as radiologists, right? So you are the vital link and you're the bridge between the radiologists on one hand and the patients on the other hand. Yes, some imaging technologists work closer with some radiologists than others. Some do biopsies, some other techniques within the room. Specifically for what we do on a day-to-day basis, we don't need patient-radiologist interaction. The request that we have has most of the information we need. We are just really providing the link between doing the exam with the patient, getting it done, finding out the history that we need, and then providing all of that information and the images back to the radiologist so they can read the scan. So what you want to try to be is as efficient as you can in whatever roles and responsibilities you need to do. Doug, I just have to ask this question. You've worked with a lot of radiologists over the years. And there is a popular belief that radiologists, they just like to work in the dark and they don't really like people. What has your experience been like? Uh, No, I wouldn't say that. They do indeed do like people. Their work environment, though, is dark simply because they need to view the images in a proper manner. I've never noticed any significant differences between any of the professionals that work here. We have a common goal. Our production impacts their production and vice versa. Our scheduling impacts their scheduling and vice versa. So whenever there's a decision to be, to be made, we have to communicate them to them back and forth. You can't add a Saturday shift without a technologist, and you can't have a Saturday shift without a radiologist and vice versa. So when you gain that department relationship, you know everyone is on the same page. It just happens that we do different things. Phew, glad that you like the radiologist, Doug. One thing which I've noticed in healthcare is that it is constantly evolving. Technology especially has changed remarkably over the years, especially the last decade. How has that changed? How has that affected your job ever since you started? And how has it affected your workflow? 
So the goals of the job haven't changed. They've stayed the same over 30 years. But over the past 30 years, just the change in electronics alone has been huge. Cameras have gone from taking 45 minutes to an hour to do an exam to down to eight minutes. So when your cameras change, you have to change. So you have to work quicker to do things to keep up with the technology. In our field, we use radioactive tracers to get our signal. So the number and quality of those tracers have also increased over 30 years. When you have the tools to perform a variety of scans, the number of exams simply just keep up going every year. I think in our field, it goes up about 15% every year. 15% every year? That is even higher than our current inflation. Well, the number of patients keeps increasing every year, the number of scans keep increasing every year, and more and more work is expected with lesser resources and even less time. And this situation is a recipe for burnout. And there's a lot of talk about burnout these days. Is burnout also very common in your profession? I don't think it's as common as, say, nursing, simply because the length of interaction with patients is less in imaging than it is with nursing, obviously because they might deal with four to five people for a whole day. So I don't know a whole lot of technologists that have left the field. Some of them have gone on to other interests or to other departments simply because they live closer to that hospital. I think if you work well as a team, you should be able to recognize signs of burnout and prevent it. And as you know, not to let it get to that point. So as far as our group is concerned, that hasn't happened. A big part of teamwork is realizing that everyone has a bad day at some point. So even though there are responsibilities within a day for some people, we always look at it as a responsibility as a group. So if someone is coming in and they're having a tough day, you don't leave them to it. You go in and you help. You can remove someone for a while so that they can regroup and you assist them. And then they reciprocate that later on to yourself. So that's part of working at a hospital. When you come in and do your shift, you know that you have responsibilities, but you're part of a team and they will come in and give you a hand if you need it. It is nice to be a part of team helping each other out. And Doug, we are really happy that you're a part of our team. But working in a team is also very challenging. Especially in a team like Princess Margaret Cancer Center, you're not only expected to excel at your job, but you're also expected to keep up with every new advance and innovation. But with your days being so busy, how do you also manage to keep up with learning these new things, new innovations which come up in imaging, and how do you bring them to clinical care? Learning is quite important. You can sometimes get caught in a day-to-day -day profession doing the same sorts of things over and over again. So once in a while, you have to sit back and self-reflect to see what you've learned. There's lots of mechanisms to do that, continuing education programs, conferences, and so on. And it's also kind of challenging to try to find the time to do this. Sometimes you have to even rely on colleagues that have gone to conferences to come back and tell you what they've learned versus you going yourself to do it. Doug? So you've been with the Joint Department of Medical Imaging for 14 years. So my last question to you is, what makes JDMI such a special place for a technologist to work in? Well, at JDMI, I think it's just based on the size and the location. You can expect to do a lot of work and be exposed to a lot of different programs. So you certainly won't be doing the same thing over and over again, such as you might do in a small town or a clinic. You're going to have lots of diversity in terms of the types of cases, which is a big advantage for someone getting into the field. You can have as much work as you can handle, and you can have as many challenges as you can handle. And then you have the room to move around to different departments if you wish. 
I think that's the biggest thing JDMI can offer. Thank you very much, Doug. We really appreciate you taking the time to showcase how cool you are and how cool it is being a pet CT technologist at JDMI. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Doug Hussey, a pet CT technologist in the Joint Department of Medical Imaging, and me, your host, Satish Krishna. You were listening to Radiologists, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, the largest medical imaging group in Canada. Produced by Inna Levchuk. Learn more about us at universitymedicalimagingtoronto.ca and follow us on social media at Imaging Toronto. Thank you, everybody. See you in the next one.